But I do remember at the beginning of the year that I said, and I, to be honest, I've been saying it a couple of, a few times through the last two or three years. I was saying that there was going to be a little trouble. And I think I said something like, and I couldn't bear to go back to see the recording of it because, to, to be honest, it made me feel sick to actually go back and listen to what I'd said. Uh, so I didn't go back and listen to what I said. But I said something like this, that there was going to be a lot of big names and politicians that were going to be coming to a, a difficult time. Anyone remember that? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think that we're seeing that unfold. We begin to see it unfold right now. But you just got to cling on because it's going to get worse, okay? It's going to get worse. I'm just telling you. It's going to get worse, and there's going to be more exposure, and there's going to be more things happening. Like you've never seen before, okay? Like you've never seen before. That's why you need him to fill you. That's why you need him to fill you. Honestly, there's no other way. There's no other way. You need his heart. You need his love. You need his power. You need his might. Because you ain't got it. He's got it all. And he's got you. But I'm telling you, and even this week, I mean, we saw, I don't need to go into all the details, but you've just seen it in front of your eyes, haven't you? Yeah. And politicians all over the place. No matter if you like me or you don't like me or you agree or you don't agree, it's all, it doesn't mean anything at all because it's happening. It's all happening. The death rate. I don't want to tell you this to upset you, but I just want to tell you so that you know the increase is 22% this year across the globe. Oh, I wonder why. I wonder why. Huh? Time to get real. <sighs> Breathe. Time to get real, everybody. Breathe. <sighs> Kings and priests, that's what I've been talking about. Of course, as we look at what's going on, it's bad. And of course, we could say, well, it's been bad all these years. Well, it has been bad all these years, but what's about to happen is going to be even worse. And it's going to increase faster and faster. So you won't be able to hide behind anything and go, well, it's, it's, a, it's a fallacy, it's an illusion. No, you won't be able to hide anywhere. Because that's the truth. It's all coming out, everything. That's the bad news. But the good news already happened. The good news already happened. 2,000 years ago. In fact, it happened before that as well, because it happened before the foundation of the earth before the foundation of anything it happened God in Christ already decided to rescue us to give us life to bring us glory to fill us with his love he already decided way 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 back there isn't it beautiful oh my lord so although there's bad news the good news is going to overtake it and it's going to overtake us more and more. The good news is going to overtake us. 
okay, I want to talk, not about those things, but I want to talk about your response, your attitude, your position, how you will behave, what goes on in your mind, and how you interact with people all around you. Because it's easy, isn't it? It's easy for everybody to go, oh, well, we knew that about blah, blah. We knew that about him. We knew that was going to happen, blah, blah. Do you see the swords out? Ooh, I tell you, oof, it's nasty. Nasty, isn't it? But the question is, how are we, how are we going to respond? How are you going to respond to everything that is going on? Because as we already know, we are kings and priests. That is what he has made you. Say it to someone, I am a king and a priest. Come on, say it to someone and say it like you mean it. I am a king and a priest. I'm an ambassador. I'm a son. I'm the beloved of God. Huh? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Huh? That's what you are. Isn't that right, Steve? Oh, yeah. You doing all right down there, bro? Yeah. Good. Can I have that water there, Jeff? This is Jeff. Have you, Jeff. you might not have seen him for half a year. This is Jeff. Here he is. He's got his glasses on. He's got his blue glasses on because he's had a, a little operation in his eye. And he's much better now. <laughs> he can see a clip. I can see clearly now with glasses on. <laughs> anyway, look, this is just a recap. This is what it says somewhere. It says that he's made us kings and priests to his God and Father. I believe it's Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, or around about there. He's made us kings and priests to God our Father. So we are kings and priests to Father. First of all, that is what you are. To the Father. So that means, that means, wait for it, means you've got to take a bit of time with him. You've got to have some time with him. I, I realize that I've been naive for years and years. I thought everyone did what I did. No, honestly, I thought everyone does what I do. I've, I've been naive. But now, as kings and priests, before God and before your father, you have got to take time with him. And it's a beautiful, honestly, it's a beautiful thing. It's not difficult. It's really lovely. As Max Verstappen said yesterday, as he crossed the winning line in qualifying in Monaco, he said, well, that's very lovely. <laughs> that's very lovely. And it is very lovely to spend time with the father. Spend time with God. He's the best one that we can spend time with. Isn't he? So have you diarized him? Have you got him in the diary? Huh? Every day? Of course, I know that he's with you and he's in you and he's... I know all of this and you know all of that as well, but we've got to make it a reality. Huh? So anyway, we're kings and priests 
to God and to the Father. And in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, it says that we are a chosen people and a royal priesthood. There you go again, a royal priesthood, not just any priesthood, but a royal priesthood. Isn't that beautiful? Can you see who you really are? Can you see it yet? No, no. I, thanks, Amanda. Thanks. Amanda can see it. Can you see it? Can, can you all see who you really are? Because you've got to see it. You've got to look in the mirror and go, oh, yeah, man. You're a king. Huh? You're a priest. Yeah, that's what they're there for. So you can look in there and go, I am the righteousness of God. I am a king. I am a priest. This is who he has made me to be. This is not a fairy tale. This is now. Everyone goes, oh, we'll wait until Jesus comes back. Jesus already came back. He's here, I'm telling you. And he's increasing all the time. You understand me? His glory is going to fill the whole earth. So it's now. It's now, kids, not tomorrow. It's not next week when Jesus is going to appear in the clouds with a big trumpet blast. No, no. He's already in the cloud. He's already here and he's already in you. Huh? He's not waiting for anything. I'm not waiting for anything. This is now. Come on, kids. It's now. This is what the world needs. The world needs kings and priests right now. Not kings and priests that are all taken up with themselves and the egomaniacs. But kings and priests that minister to the Father and minister to one another. And mediate for each other. Huh? Jesus, of course, it says, the writer to the Hebrew says that Jesus, I'm just doing a little recap. Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was this guy that suddenly appeared out of nowhere. And it said that he had no beginning, no end. He was immortal. I mean, and he was like the son of God. And when he came, he came with all the blessings of heaven onto the earth. And he came to bless Abraham, and Abraham blessed him. And they had a blessing fest. It was wonderful. They were blessed. But heaven came to the earth. And it says that Jesus is of this same order. And you are in Jesus. So you are of this same order. What's that? No beginning, no end. Immortal, that's you. No beginning, no end. Let me say it again. No beginning, no end. You are in him. You live. You live right now. You are alive. Isn't it beautiful? You're in the order of Melchizedek, and you are here in order to bring that order from heaven into the earth. That's what we are all part of. So we bring in heaven to earth. We bring in the Father's heart. Well, shall we put it this way? He brings his heart into our heart and outpours his heart to others. Let's put it like that. As a priest, we are mediating and we're bringing heaven to earth. That's it. It's not about what you think is right or wrong, although you should be thinking it because he's in you. You understand me? You, our, our minds should be transformed. So what we're thinking, what we're dreaming, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, it should be him that we are automatically speaking, automatically acting because he lives in us. He lives in me. Huh? He lives in me. You've heard about the Lion King? He lives in me. He lives in us, doesn't he? When you look in the water, he's in the reflection. When you look in the mirror, he's in the reflection. Everywhere is his voice. And he's, he's, he's full on the inside of us. He's full on the inside of us. So, 
This is also what we said, your identity and citizenship. You are from heaven. Of course, you love England. I know sometimes when I fly into England, you know, I sing a little song. Because I love England. Because this is where I was born. I just love it. I can't help it. But I love other places as well. But this is what I know, that my citizenship is from heaven. It is in heaven. I am a citizen of heaven. And heaven is a different kingdom. So my heart and life is full of a different kingdom. Which is the same as all of us, isn't it? Yes, it is. We have a different citizenship and we carry a different kingdom. Our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3 and verse 20. And we are in him, seated with him. Beautiful, isn't it? Now, last week, we looked at this story, not last week, the week before, we looked at this story about Abigail and David. Do you remember this? Abigail and David. It's 1 Samuel 25. And as I was thinking about, Lord, how, how do I describe what I've lived all my life? How do I describe it so that it's helpful? How do I describe what it means to be a priest and what it means to be a king? And I, I realize that this, this passage in 1 Samuel 25 is just wonderful. And you, you remember the main characters. The main characters were Abigail, David, and Nabal. You remember this? Does, do people remember the story? So I don't have to go through it all again. But we saw there that Nabal is named stupid because he did stupid things. And he did stupid again and again and again. And when you do stupid again and again and again, you just become stupid. As his wife said, so she's having a moment of reality. You understand me? Abigail had a moment of reality. She saw and she'd seen for years what was going on. And she went, Nabal is like his name. And his name means fool. As his name is, so he is. So she discerned, and she'd been discerning all her life that things were not right. That's what she discerned. But she was full of grace. She was the joy of the Father. That's what her name means. Abigail, joy of the Father. She was full of grace and full of joy. And all that time that she'd lived with him, she'd put up with stupid. You understand me? She'd put up with stupid. Because this man was not only stupid in the house, he was stupid out of the house. In fact, it was impossible for him not to be stupid. And he, he looked, he, he thought that he was a king because the night before his heart turned to stone, it says that he was in his own, in his own house that he thought was a palace and he was, he was like a king drinking and he got drunk. And he's celebrating and he had no idea that he was right on the edge of his own demise. Just like Haman. You remember the story of Haman? Just the same. I want to tell you, this is happening all over the world today. All over the world, I'm telling you. All over the world. There are people that have been stupid, 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 stupid. And they went, it won't matter. It won't matter. I can be stupid. I can be ignorant. I can be miserable. I can carry on spoiling people's lives the rest of my life. But stupid boomerangs back to stupid. And in the end, it's death. And it's not a death from God, you understand me? Because what you sow, 
What you sow, you reap. What you sow, you reap. It comes back. These are the, these are the realities of what we all know and we've been talking about and listening to and praying for years and years. We're on the culmination of seeing some of these things in actual reality playing out. Wow. What a moment in history that you live in. What an absolutely amazing moment. You've got to be strong though. You've got to be strong for this moment. And that strength comes from the Father. So Abigail, anyway, she, do you remember? She hears about the way that Nabal has dealt with David. That's what she hears. And she thinks, oh no. I know, you see, she'd watched David. David, Abigail was a discerner of men's hearts. Abigail understood what lived in a person. She could see it and she'd been watching David all the time that David had been on the run. Because Saul had been pursuing him, but while Saul was pursuing him, he was fighting battles on behalf of Israel. He was felling giants. He was doing amazing things. And Abigail was watching him all that time. And she knew David's around. And when she heard that David was there, she went, oh no, what has Nabal done? You see, because he couldn't, he couldn't discern anyone. He could not discern what was going on at all. You see, you've got to be able to discern because if you can't discern who is in your life, if you cannot discern how God is moving in your life, if you cannot discern the gifts that God drops into your lives, then actually they disappear. That's what happens. They disappear. They exit. And all around we have got wonderful gifts. But you are the one that's got to discern them. It's not up to anybody else to discern the people in your life. It's up to you. And Nabal discerned not. And he spoke as though he was speaking to some common person. But this was a giant slayer. This was someone who walked in front of kings and prey. He walked anywhere. You understand me? He was full of faith and full of God. And Nabal got it wrong. He didn't discern properly. And he thought he could say anything. He thought he could say what he liked because he thought he was a king. But it was just a fallacy. He was a king, but he'd never learnt to be that king. You understand me? Because everyone's a king, really. Everyone's a priest. From the beginning, from before the beginning. But he was just acting. He was a fake. Sadly. At any point along his journey, he could have been the real deal. At any point on his journey, he could have been the real deal. But he was not. So anyway... Abigail hears about it and she goes, okay, okay, this is what we need to do. Now, the thing about Abigail is that it, she didn't have to sit down and think, hang on a minute, now, what have I been taught? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, but that's fine. If that's, if that's, if that's where we're at, that's fine. But I want to tell you, something was going on in Abigail's heart. So it flowed n naturally. It, what, do you understand me? The reactions that she had flowed naturally because it was in her. He was in her. So the, the, the reactions was, okay, oh my, Nabal's going to do this. I need to meet David and this is what needs to happen. And you remember what she did? She was lowered down, loaded down with goodies. Huh? Now, let me just get this right because I like it. It's beautiful. I like to say it. So... <clears throat> 
she was carrying on, she was carrying bread, wine, sheep that were already dressed. You love that? I love that picture, don't you? Sheep that were already dressed. Little socks on. We're going to dinner. (laughs) Yes, you are. Sheep that were already dressed. Oh, thank you. There you go. Uh, bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sears of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, two hundred cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. I tell you what, I'd prefer to be a donkey, a four-legged donkey, than a two-legged fool. Huh? You see, she was loaded down, wasn't she? You see, this was the outworking of the grace that was in her. She went, get the donkeys. Come on, let's load them down with blessing. Because if we can bless, then we can bring the the kingdom of God on the earth. So she loaded the donkeys down with blessing. Come on, what are you loaded with? Are you loaded with blessing? When you see something, what's your reaction? What is your response when you see someone in need? What goes out of you? What is the thing that happens inside you? When you read the newspaper, when you look at the TV, what happens on the inside of you? Because somehow, we need to be like this. Because she's been a priest right now. You understand me? In fact, she was a priest the whole time. This just shows you what kind of a priest she was. And then she goes up to him. And she said, Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel, Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Man, this is his wife. But she's having reality. She's having a reality check. She's going, this idiot's going to get us killed. This idiot is going to kill off the whole of this household. And if we lose all the men and we lose all the kids, then what are we going to do? We're dead as well. So, So is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. When real stupid becomes public... It's really sad. And I don't know if you've seen real stupid right now, but it's really sad. It's really sad to see stupid, and it's everywhere, all around you. And now it's time to respond as a king and as a priest. It's not time to respond in the natural. It's not time to respond as we used to do. Now we've got to respond a different way. So, what happens is that she, she goes, verse, uh, verse 25, she says, uh, between my Lord and the Lord. So she speaks to him as her Lord. She humbles herself. She, she, she discerns who he is. She humbles herself. She sees that he carries something different. And she invites that something different into her heart and into her life. She recognizes it and she goes, it's no problem for me to submit myself before you, my Lord, because I know that you are a man that loves. I know that you are a man that builds. I know that you are a man that brings security everywhere you go. So it's not a problem anymore. You understand me? When you know someone's heart, it's not a problem. If you don't know the heart, it is a problem. When someone fights for you, You know what, sometimes I've been on that canal and I've prayed for some of you, probably all of you, at one point or another. One time I was on that canal and I was praying, and I'd been praying for years, and the Lord said to me, that's it, Paul, no more prayers. That's it, no more prayers. 
That person, I never saw him again. I haven't seen him since that day. I haven't seen him since that day. Well, actually, it was a week later since that day. You just go, this is not a game. This is no game. This is God. God. He's the king, the father. He knows everything that's going on. So anyway, she's mediating between David and between Nabal and between heaven and earth. That's what she's doing right now. And she's bowing down. And she's going, Lord, let this iniquity be upon me. What did she mean by that? She didn't, she didn't mean like, oh yeah, I, I'll take all the blame. I'm taking all the shame. No, she was going, it's okay, Lord. I see that David is seething with anger. And his anger, and he's upset, is going to consume him. And I know that he's anointed, but he's not yet appointed. But I want him to be appointed. So I'm going to take. If I can, Lord, I want to be able to be in between them and absorb this pain and this anger. She's not absorbing it herself, of course. She knows the Holy Spirit's on the inside of her. She knows the Holy Ghost is on the inside of her. And she goes, okay, let this iniquity be upon me. David, do not keep it. Speak it out. Do something with it, but do not keep it. Because if you keep it, you'll never be appointed. And if you are appointed, you'll spend all your life regretting what you're going to do today. So she took all that and she gave it back to the Father. She took it all, gave it back to the Father. And then she had a wonderful, she, we saw this, didn't we? Let me just go. She fell, she fell down before David on her face, humility. She recognized that he was the carrier of a higher form of government. She honored him and submitted to him without a question. She unreservedly surrendered herself because that's what she'd already done in her heart. She sees the king and recognizes the government and what he brings. She falls be before him. She's discerned long before. And this is what she said in verse, verse 29 to David. She's just beautiful. You see, a heart and a, a words. And I know we've said it before, but hey, we need to wear it all again. You know, I could, I, could, I could do this every day of the week. You understand me? Because we need it every day of the week. I need it every day of the week. This is what it says, Abigail. Abigail said, yeah, a man has arisen, verse 29, to pursue you and seek your life. That, she was talking about Saul. She recognized that. She's not talking about Nabal. She's talking about Saul. But the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from a pocket sling. It's beautiful. So in this moment, she's reminding him. So she absorbs all this and goes, Father, take that. And then she goes... Now, what I need to do is remind him that God is with him. What I need to do is remind him who he really is. Where he's come from, who he is, what God has done for him. I need to remind him of those things. That's how we should be. You understand me? Bringing donkeys full of blessing and then absorbing anything and giving it to God. You see, if, if you're going to absorb it, you've got to get rid of all the stuff that's in your own life. You understand me? Because otherwise it just triggers you. It just triggers you. You understand, that's why we all need to be healed and restored on the inside. And Jesus is the beginning of everything. Jesus terminated sin before you ever got here. Jesus is the beginning of it. So anyway, donkeys, loaded with blessing. She comes along, absorbs that sin, gives it up to him. And then she goes, okay, 
David, I want to remind you of who you are. And I want to say this, that actually you are bound up in a bundle of the living because you're not dead. You're alive. You're alive. God is the God of the living. And you are alive and you are bound up in this bundle, surrounded by these people. And they're all in this bundle of life. And you're all following Jesus. And it's beautiful. But you've got to keep in that place. And just like you used a sling, David, I love this. Just like you propelled yourself, or God propelled you into your own future, when you let go of that sling and felled that giant, God is going to do the same for you and me. He's going to do the same, huh? Your enemies, whoever they are, and of course they're not your enemies anymore because you're going to bless your enemies. You understand me? You're going to bless your enemies. You're going to do what Abigail did. He shall sling out as from a pocket of a sling. Wow. She recognizes what he's dealing with. She recognizes where he's been. She recognizes the memories that he has. You know, when someone shares your memories, they, it, it, they just take part in your life in a different way. Because it's like they've been with you, in it? And they've walked with you through it. And now you're here. And they know what it cost to be in this place. That's a beautiful thing, to be surrounded by people who recognize that. Isn't it wonderful? Huh? I'm surrounded by all of you who are just like that. It's beautiful, isn't it? The bundle of the living, we're all strapped up together in a little bundle, ready to go. So, then we see that David, who was going to, he was going to react in the same way as Nabal. But thankfully, because Abigail came and mediated, because she was a priest on the earth, he didn't do what he was going to do. Now, you've got, you've got to recognize the people that are like that in your life. And you've got to recognize the people who have helped you not to do the things that you were going to do. And most of all, you've got to recognize that Jesus has been there all the time helping you to see what's going on. You understand me? He's there for you. This is how a priest operates on the earth. Now, you remember this in the story of Nehemiah. We might look at this. I, uh, I think it's chapter 1. It is chapter 1. Nehemiah, and it's from verse 3. I think it's from verse... Yes, it is. And they said to me... Do you remember? Because just another illustration of a priest... And they said to me, the survivors who were left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. What was he doing? He was coming into a place where he saw what was going on and it affected him greatly. He wept. I want to tell you this as well, that some of us in the days to come, in the year to come, are going to find ourselves in a place where we are weeping. And you have got to allow that to happen. You have got to allow it to happen because some of the revelations that are coming are so big that they are going to shock you. I mean it. They're going to shock you. And you will weep. You will weep because of these things. 
But at that point, don't weep for yourself, or do weep for yourself, but weep for all the nation, and not just this nation, but the nations around us. Because there are things that have been going on that are hidden, like under the earth, that are going to be exposed. And we all know about some of these things that go on, paedophilia and all that kind of stuff. But some of this stuff that's going to come out is so big, you will not stop weeping. Two years ago, the Lord showed me what was going to happen, and I did not stop weeping for three solid hours. You understand me? Three solid hours. And the weeks and months afterwards, I don't know what was going on inside me. But I know that I was coming to the God of heaven and going, Father, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on those people. And he does, you see. He does. He's already had mercy and grace. So it was when I heard these words, yeah, we've, we said that. And I, and I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you will keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. What did he do? We did it again just like Abigail did. He went, it's okay. You see, he may not have been part of it in the sense that he was part of anything going on, but he was part of it because he allowed it, because he permitted it, because it went on all around and he did nothing because somehow the world had infiltrated him to such an extent that he couldn't do anything. It sounds a bit like us, doesn't it? It sounds a bit like us, honestly. Now, come on, kids, it's time to get real. You have to get real. I'm doing this for your sake, okay? I'm saying these things for your sake. This is not for me. I don't want to say any of these things. I don't want to prophesy any of these things. I don't want to talk about them. I'm saying it for your sake, not for mine. But he said, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, me. And my father's house, we have sinned. Israel has sinned. We are sorry. So he's acting as a priest once again. And then he, he, he reminds the Lord of things that he's been saying. He reminds him of the promises of God. Oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I was the king's cupbearer. When you're a priest, you're the king's cupbearer. That's what you are, the king's cupbearer. He was the king's cupbearer and he was the king's cupbearer this way. So he was bringing heaven to the earth. And bearing forth everything that he was seeing before God. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Priest. That's what it means to be a priest. What does it mean to be a king? Well, we'll we look at this some other time in more detail because it's, it's beautiful what it means. But I can just tell you a few things. The king administers the counsels of God into the earth. That's what a king does. The counsels of God, the wisdom of God comes to the king and he administers it into the earth. He's not a priest who's mediating. He's now someone that's taking what God has already decreed 
and he's bringing it into the earth and decreeing it himself so that it happens in that moment. That's what a king's doing. Psalm 2 and verse 1 to 4, it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Okay, that's what the king does. Because the king's undaunted by anything that's going on. The king of heaven is undaunted by it. He knows about all of it. But this is what prophet Zechariah saw in chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts. And I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. In other words, God's saying, is saying, son of man, you can walk in my courts. Not in these earthly courts, but in my courts. Because in my courts, the judgments and the counsels of God have already been decreed before we ever got here. Do you understand me? It's already decreed. But all those decrees are ready to be released. There's a lot that's going to be released onto the earth. Masses. Beautiful things. I'm looking for good things, aren't you? Restoration of all things. The name of Jesus risen up like nothing else. The glory of God covering the earth. But as is darkness, there is also light, of course. That's what's happening. We see the two things together. It's getting darker, but it's also getting more glorious. So, I don't, I don't want to get too, too quickly into that. As I say, we'll come back to that because that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to walk as a king. It's a beautiful thing to be able to decree things from heaven into the earth. It's a beautiful thing to see doors opening that are just huge. It's beautiful. And I can say it because I've seen them. I've seen it happen all over the world, honestly. So I can say it. And I'm thankful I can say it. But I want you to be able to say it, all of us together to be able to say it. But somewhere, we've got to come to a different dimension. We've, not, not only this way, but here. We've got to get to a different dimension. We've got to begin to just live in his presence in a different way. And at the same time, be conscious of that presence so that we can mediate and do what he wants us to do on the earth. Now, we are all needed. That's why you're here. You understand? We're all needed. And, and, and that sounds bad, doesn't it? I, don't, I, don't, I mean needed in the sense that there's a purpose. You're loved, and the favor of God's on you all the time. But you're also needed. So, this is what John the Baptist said. Okay, I'm nearly finished. Don't worry. This is what John the Baptist said. In John 1, 29, he testified to the nature of Jesus when he saw him. It's the first thing that he said came out of his mouth. He said this, the next day, this is John 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You all remember that? So he's testifying because Jesus was a man, of course. He looked like a man. But when John the Baptist looked at him, he saw a lamb. He saw the lamb that had been slain from before the world. That's what he saw. He saw a lamb. The nature of God is a lamb. There's many people who want him to be a lion right now. 
And he is a lion as well. I thought all the songs this morning were great. They just confirmed to me what I was meant to share. All of them. Beautiful. Verse 35 of the same chapter, it says, Again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. So he's testifying to his nature again. A lamb. Meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength in humility. Meekness is strength in humility. Paul, all that Paul did in the New Testament, he tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, came from his meekness. It didn't come from his strength. It came from his meekness. You look it up. 2 Corinthians 10. came from his meekness. All the authority that he had in the churches, everything came from his meekness. Well, that's the Lamb's nature. Now, I, w- I want to just tell you this, because this is what the Lord showed me. Uh, Revelations chapter 5, we can just go there. Thank you, Simon. And you remember what, in, in chapter 4, John's, John's been invited to come up here. He's already up somewhere. He's already, like, enjoying the Spirit of God. He's already been seeing angels and having all sorts of revelations. He's already been there. But now, he gets this other message, come up here. All right, are we going up further? What's going on? Because there's revelations, there's doors that are going to be opened. There's wonderful things. Jesus is the door to all doors. You understand me? He's the portal to every portal that's going to open. Isn't it wonderful? You have Jesus on the inside of you. Don't you long? To see other things? Don't you long to go in other places? My father has many mansions. There's many levels, many dimensions. Don't you want to be there? I tell you what. I tell you what, this is the stuff we should be like crying out for. We should be so hungry for this. Everything else just blacks out into nothingness. This is yours. It's mine. Now. Not tomorrow. Not when Jesus comes back right now. John is having this 2,000 years ago. And which, which heaven is he in? Who knows? Third, fourth, fifth? I don't know. He's, in a, he's somewhere. And, and he's enjoying it. He, 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 he says, come up here. I'll show you things which take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit, but he was already in the spirit. How can he be in the spirit again? He's already in the spirit. Huh? This guy's so in the spirit. He's like, whoo. This is wonderful. <laughs> so anyway... He goes up and he sees, uh, immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. So that's, and, and around the throne, they're all crying out, worthy, holy, worthy, glory. They're in ecstasy. Beautiful. And this is what it says. Let's just read this. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. So there's someone on the throne and he's got a, he's got a, He's got something in his hand, in his right hand, and it's sealed with seven seals, and there's writing on the back of it, and there's writing on the inside of it. These are the seven seals, all right? Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or under the, under the earth, or, under the, uh, or on the earth, or under the earth, was able to open the scroll, or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. So suddenly it's like, 
behold the lion. And, and you can hear them all going, the lion's here. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. The lion's in town. He's got it all. And he surely has. But listen. He said, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked. And behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. Hang on. What happened to the lion? What happened to the lion? The root of David. What happened to the lion of the tribe of Judah? I'm looking for the lion. I'm looking for someone who's going to rip someone's head off. I'm looking for someone who's going to growl so much that just the growl's going to be enough. But he doesn't see that. He sees the, the lamb who was slain. What does it say? Stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out across the earth. They're all over the earth. Don't worry. Don't worry. They're all over the earth. They're here, the seven spirits of God. Wisdom and understanding and counsel everywhere. God's doing phenomenal things. But I want to tell you, the only way that we're going to roar is when the nature of the lamb begins to pour through us. Do you understand me? When the nature of the lamb begins to pour through you, then you may be given the right to roar with him. You understand me? Because there's many people. You see, we have a judgment that is not God's judgment. God will that no man should perish. You, you understand me? His long suffering is so long that it, it, it baffles our minds. It baffles us. We don't understand it. But God knows exactly what God is doing. And the lamb, the nature of the lamb has got to begin to flow through us. And you see, when you think about Abigail, you think about the lamb. You, you understand me? When you think about David, you think about someone who's going to react in a worldly way, who wants vengeance, who wants to deal with these things. And of course, there is a, a natural part of us that wants to deal with the things that we know are evil. But I want to tell you that before that can happen, the lamb has got to be displayed in your life. And across the face of the earth. Kings and priests. You are a king and a priest. And you are here on the earth right now. For such a time as this. Everything else is secondary. Listen to me again. Everything else is secondary. Your job is secondary. Your assignment, in the sense of you doing something specifically, is secondary. Right now, God is looking for kings and priests upon the earth. And he has made us to be kings and priests. And this message is not for the person next to you. It's not... Or, it's not for someone else in the room. It is for you personally. I am delivering it today, Father, 
in the name of Jesus, in this household, to every single person in this room and all the household that is connected to us, I am delivering this Father in the name of Jesus into every heart in this house, Lord. Into all the children, all the grandchildren, Lord, it is going out in the name of Jesus. I declare it and I decree it, Father, and I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are met for such a time as this. That this is why we are here, Lord. And we are not faint-hearted, Lord. We are not faint-hearted, Lord. But we want to be real, Lord. Come on, lift your hands right now. Father, we want to be real, Lord. We want to be real with the things that have happened. We want to be real about the narrative that's been spoken, Father. We want to see again, Father. And we want to see the way that you see, Father. We want our own opinions, Lord, and our own judgments to fall by the wayside, Lord. For they have no authority in us, Lord. But we want to be like Abigail, Lord. We say it. We reach out, Lord. We want to be like Abigail, Lord. We want to be priests, Lord, before our God and our Father. And Lord, we, we stand as it were. We bow, but we also stand before you, Lord. And we say that we want to be priests on the earth, Father. Real priests, Lord. Priests who carry heaven to the earth, Lord. We want to be real priests, Lord. We're not playing games anymore, Lord. We're not going to church as though it's just church after church. Some kind of religious duty. Father, we want to be priests on the earth, Lord. And not only priests, Lord, we want to be kings on the earth, Father. People who carry the decrees, the counsels, the wisdom of Almighty God, Father. And Lord, whatever part we have to play, Lord, we say yes to it, Father. We say yes to it, Lord. And we thank you so much, Lord. We submit ourselves much as Abigail did, Lord, before David. We submit ourselves before you, Father. You are our king. You are the king of all kings and the God of all gods. And no enemy has got enough right or enough power to do anything, Father. Because you were inside us, Lord. And as we minister as priests, Lord, we want to thank you that the, the, the Lion King... The Lion King on the inside of us rises up as well, Lord. The Lion King, Father, and makes those decrees, Father. Now, Lord, I'm asking that you would awaken us, Lord, in such a way as we've never been awakened, Father. That is the cry of my heart for my own life, Lord, but also for all in this room, Lord, all in this house, Father, every single person, Lord, that's watching as well, Lord. We just want to say amen and amen to you, Jesus. Amen and amen to you, Father. We want to thank you so much, Lord, for your love, your goodness, and your kindness, Lord, your mercy to us. Thank you that we live in this time, Father. And Lord, we will weep, Lord. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen us, Lord, that you would keep us, Lord, that your life would flow through us, Lord, that our tongues and our mouth, Lord, would react and respond in the ways of your spirit, Father. We thank you so much, Father.